welcome to I've Seen Things. I'm Taja. I'm Amy. And we're here to talk about safety and logistics. Yes, we are. And today we thought we would start with warehousing. Good topic, broad topic. Very broad topic. And I think everyone at some point in their life has been in a warehouse, worked in a warehouse. Or been in a warehouse. warehouse? Been in a warehouse-like environment because I imagine that like even at... um, the local shopping centre, mm. when the Coles and the Woolies and the little shops there have a little warehouse area in the back that they're stocking everything from. Mm. So. That infamous back. Infamous Is there something in the room. back? Could you get it from the back? Could you just check the back? Oh, please? there's never a back. I'll just let everyone know <laughs> that. There's never the good stuff in the back. It's a little bit of a detour, but I'll just let everyone know the good stuff is not kept out the back. Spoken to someone who's worked in retail. <laughs> The back is quite small. All the good stuff is out the front, down the, the front. floor. Front. Okay. Yeah. Just a little uh, public service announcement. <laughs> yes, for everyone. There is no back <laughs> that's got good stuff that we're keeping from you. So, <laughs> But in today's topic, <laughs> we're, <removing, laughs> we're diverting back to where we were going with the original train of thought there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Back to back to the uh, sort of warehouses that we were going to talk about today. Yes, is um, actually more along the lines of logistical warehouses, mm. like the transport warehouses or the large stock warehouses for the distribution centres and the manufacturers. Yep. So um, places that are using heavy machinery and or producing stock, so using any machinery required. True. Uh, much like any said machinery, you'd find there is like water pickers. Um, High reach as well. That's a, that's a pretty forklifts, common yep. one. Um, and, oh, temporarily forgotten the, the name for it, but it moves multiple pallets. Um, it escapes me. Um, <laughs> let's go to a break. <laughs> we don't have any. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they're also huge machines that, uh, or where I was, uh, I mean, working with order pickers, high reach, and those particular machinery that I cannot think of the name of right now, uh, moving together, as much as it's quite a large area that they're working in together, um, there was incidents, you know, uh, either it being near miss or actually hitting each other. One was too high up, can't see, you know, it's almost like trucks with cars. You're very low, they're very high. They're trying to look everywhere, using your horn, you know, keeping three metre distance, all of the things. But in peak times or... Everyone's running around trying to get stuff done and... Yeah. Yep. yep. No, um, sort of warehouses I've worked in being that my, my background is very much transport is um, obviously more logistical warehouses. So we've, mm. we've done a lot of storage stuff for our different customers, mm-hmm. um, but we've also had... Uh, like rebagging products that have come mm. in. So we've often had um, container forklifts that can move around the large containers. We've had um, specialised lifters that will sort of pick the container up and tip it so that this product would come out. Yep. We've had bobcats on site. We've had um, bagging frames. So mm-hmm. it's where, where the big one-ton bulk of bags get hooked up so that they can tip the product in and make sure it's rebagged from however it's come out. Sometimes you've got to rebag it because the product itself needs to have a treatment done to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's rebagged because they've ordered it in a big bulk container, but mm-hmm. they want to sell it as one ton bulk bags. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So there's all of that sort of stuff that's in there, and it all has its inherent things. Um, I have had a couple of high-reach incidences where we've, we've had a driver who's left his high-reach fully extended and come between the warehouse doors and knocked into the frame of the warehouse and he's actually hit all the electrical cables and sparked the entire warehouse. That was holy shit. Yeah. That was, <laughs> it was a bit of fun. Wow. It <laughs> was uh yeah, that one was a little bit scary because we were in the office. Yeah. Like I was at the time I was working as data entry clerk and um yeah the we had exposed steel beams in the ceiling that just sort of happened to be along the same line as the beam that he hit. And so our whole office started sparking. Mm. We were like, ooh, what is happening? <laughs> Gosh. I mean, when you're going to do something. I mean, do it well. <laughs> take out the whole building. Uh, Very nearly. Power. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nearly, yeah. Um, and the worst part was is that because we had the exposed steel beams in the ceiling, 
the set of staircases that we had were steel railing and even though it was concrete like footers it Mm -hmm. was still held up by a steel frame and so we sort of couldn't go anywhere until all the sparking stopped someone had to cut the power to the whole complex to get the sparking to stop and then pick the forklift off the wall and put it all back together again Mm. has this person been driving said high reach for long I only ask this because sometimes that plays into it. But sometimes I don't it's... I don't know if they've been driving the forklift the high reach for long or not, but I do know that they were relatively new to our particular site. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure if mm-hmm. it's if it was just the fact that he wasn't used to a high reach or if he wasn't used to driving it through doors that couldn't fit the whole high reach. I don't understand why he had the mast at full extension to begin with, but mm. Because I wouldn't have thought that that would be a safe way to travel around to start with. No. We were certainly never encouraged to do it. No. <laughs> Look on your face. No. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no one do that. <laughs> For the love of God. So, yeah, that was that was one of the most, more terrifying incidences with, like, a high reach in a warehouse environment. Yes. Yes, uh, I my probably the story that comes to mind is um, racking. So when high reaches are doing the full extension of the high reach, and it's five or the sixth rack high, and they're getting a pellet of dog food down. Oh, okay. <laughs> and specific. It, yeah, I know it's very specific, <laughs> uh, but I thought I just it just probably adds a little bit more to the story being how dog food doesn't. Uh, smell great uh, when it's dropped from that high. I don't think it smells great when it's not dropped. <laughs> <from that height. laughs> well, no. Uh, yeah, thinking no, about it, no. It doesn't. No pet food is particularly pleasant to sniff. It, it was a very hot day. It was midsummer. So it was, mm. um, you know, getting up there, it's probably about 35 degrees in uh, that particular warehouse. Uh, and yeah, just the tines caught on the racking, the pellet just turned. The slightest little bit as it was coming back out, the whole high reach, and then of course it fell, the whole pallet, and of course there was people in the aisle picking around, and so it was just a bit of a quick remove yourself, don't even drive, just get out of the way, and yeah, there was um, the smell of dog food for about a week because it just got went everywhere, yep, everywhere, and I mean a, a pallet that would have squished someone. Oh, yeah. You know, if they were directly, I mean, they shouldn't, no one should be any, obviously anywhere near high reach when they're doing said activities. But uh, depending on the uh, workers and how new they are with their contractors and the amount of um, turnover in said warehouse, uh, sometimes people aren't aware of the rules, you know. Or even they just if, disregard them. Well, that's true too. And they have done inductions and everything like that. But even um, during COVID, the amount of new staff that we were getting nightly or daily because we're doing 24-hour shifts and we've never done that before, Um, you know, so you're doing a quick onboarding just to quickly get staff in there to help the demand of the toilet paper. (laughs) It didn't need to be hoarded. (laughs) The trucks were still running, I promise. (laughs) They were, and I can actually vouch for that too because, yes, it was a a sort of a one-stop shop of... um, I understand that the joke has been made and obviously uh, followed through with quite thoroughly, but but I have never understood the great toilet paper panic. Me neither. I I mean, I didn't, I sidebar, I don't, didn't sort of care too much because I order it from who gives a crap. So (laughs) anyway, I just, I just bought my usual amount and funny thing, it lasted the same amount it always has. strange yeah. <laughs> um so yeah if it's something soft still hurts coming from from great heights the, the yeah top of five or six stacked racking so um depending on where you're getting it from and hopefully everyone's adhering to the rules of the warehouse and you know how to be around each other but yeah if you're dealing with um constant staff turnover um or if it's um something really left field like a pandemic yeah, it certainly caught all of us off the card. Yeah, and just how to manage the amount of new people trying to help. And yes, everyone was trying to help, uh, but sometimes it was chaos. Oh yeah, you know, you had your Quite core frequently. staff that had been at any site 
anywhere, I'm sure. And then you have this influx of brand new people that... Although strangely not with... We found with cleaners because before the pandemic, ah. we had cleaners for our site just to yep. make sure everything stayed. You know, we, we dealt a lot with ag product, but we dealt, um, the, the site I was working at at the time, they dealt with ag product, but we dealt with, um, like the sort of not quite raw material, but not in its final form either. It's sort of like somewhere in between. Yep. But we also had, um, product on board that was like, um, antibiotics for mm-hmm. farms, um, yeah sort of feed supplements to make sure that the animals stay healthy or that sort of stuff. So we had a bit of a mixed bag, but to make sure that everything stayed clean and Mm. hygienic inside, we had cleaners that would come through regularly to just sort of, you know, we tied it up after ourselves day to day, but they just sort of went through and made sure everything was very nice and clean. They stopped. Oh. Like sort of almost as soon as the pandemic hit, they were just like, it's too much of a risk for our staff. We're not cleaning anymore. And we were like... There's five of us in the office <laughs> and with the pandemic, I think that was down to three mm. um, because any non-essential, like non, you didn't need to do the job in the office. Mm-hmm. They all worked from home. Yeah. So the few of us that were on site had to, had to also in, start adapting cleaning duties in like more oh. so than we were already doing because, because you're dealing with ag product there's and you're rebagging it. There's like always this fine dust in the air mm. Mm. and so you're always wiping stuff down and everything anyway but it was more like okay well now i have to go scrub the toilet and wipe the desks down oh, and gee. okay it's like i really missed the cleaners <laughs> yeah they were pivotal pivotal especially it's like they were the saving grace to anyone that was still working anywhere during that time oh yeah time period when yeah you could get them <laughs> yeah high touch points and yep uh, all that, but uh, again, we kind of divert. <laughs> we divert a lot. We're sorry, you'll get used to that. <laughs> but I, I hope it's all interesting. I mean, it's... I mean, at the end of the day, if it doesn't make sense, we'll just uh, try and edit it out. <laughs> or you can ask questions on our Instagram. Yes, live and um, happily in use with at least two people. <laughs> yes. Hi, Christy. Hi, <laughs> <I> Troy. <laughs> See? We've covered. We've covered the two peoples. Uh, that follow us so good um <laughs> back to forklifts and warehouses oh my god <laughs> one i think one big um incident that comes to my mind with like racking and forklifts in particular is yeah. one of the sites i was working on again i think it was actually the same site as the previous incident we we were sort of three warehouses combined so we had like a general freight section mm-hmm. and then we had like a storage section and then we had mm-hmm. like a, a a loading section if mm-hmm. that makes sense so it's sort of like you had the three they were originally three separate warehouses yep. but they did have interconnecting doors and as the business grew and expanded we started taking over those conjoining warehouses mm-hmm. um in one of them that had all of the rackings one of the forklift drivers was in there but he he yeah had they drive backwards when they have stuff on the front of the tines right sure. so he's driving backwards and he didn't quite make the corner mm-hmm He's clipped the bottom end of the racking mm-hmm. and everything has just got, you remember, you see those scenes like in the mummy where all the bookshelves just go, oh, yes. Well, yes. that was the racking in that particular no, house. No, it was just, and the Forky was quite lucky to get out of that one. Okay. Luckily there was no one else in that warehouse at the time. Oh gee. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff on the floor. Yeah. We had a clean up. Yeah. Big clean up. And I think we had, pallets of flooring um pallets of like kids like the snacks for the schools because the schools had just gone into that um traffic light system for the foods oh yeah amber and and green snack amber and green snacks drinks things like that Mm -hmm. so yeah it was a bit of a cleanup option yeah wow well because he accidentally backed the tire into the corner of the rack yep and not in the clear space like there was nothing he could have done about that it was an accident sure but yeah, that was, a, that was a big clean up that one. But yeah, yeah, bit of a safety issue when you've got a rat coming at you. A little bit. How do you outrun that if you're in the thick of it? Go sideways. Like uh. Avalanche. It's the only thing I can think of. Just go sideways like an avalanche. <laughs> Don't try to outrun it. Try to get away from it. I feel like I just freeze and just see it. You know, a movie shot of like close up of me just going. Oh, God. <laughs> coming at me um yeah 
Right. That's a lot of damage to a lot of stock. Yeah. A lot of stock. Yeah. 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 That, that one definitely went on the list of insurance claim for a couple of customers. Yeah. Wow. But it was, that one was genuinely an accident. Like, yeah. He didn't mean to do it. He just miscalculated the corner and that was what happened. Yep. And I think the other side of things is um, traffic management. So if people don't have good traffic management plans in place for small or big sites, doesn't sort of matter. Uh, if you don't have a clear direction of where people should be going and who should be on that particular you know, pathway or driveway or whatever it is. Or in that zone while the forklifts are working, like if you can close that zone off. Yeah. Yeah, it works much better. There's, you know, been many a time where my brother's experienced people going, oh, I know there's a pl- traffic management plan, but it's just quicker for me to just quickly, just I'll just quickly nip, nip in. I'll go the wrong way and someone's coming at you or around a blind corner and, you know, chaos ensues, especially if it being in a freezer type warehouse oh, yeah. or cold room, um, you, your traction is not always there as as well as what it could be when you're in the dry warehouse um so you know either collisions of varying degrees you know whether it be a tap or whether it be i'm not going to do it again (laughs) so i'm going to do that clap again (laughs) it wasn't me this time i'll go i'll go like this (laughs) um yeah but it can cause huge damage whiplash you know, um, huge damage to the machinery as well, depending on how, what angle both machines are coming on. Um, yeah, and it can take certain machinery out of action depending on what's happened to it. Yeah, and, and the product around it because, like, if you're in an accident in a freezer room and something somehow ends up leaking fluid, mm-hmm. anything that it's touched, if it's a freezer because it's a food warehouse, any of that food could be considered contaminated and then it's no longer saleable. Exactly. So there's there's all sorts of different issues that come up in warehouses. Forklifts are just one of the biggest, most mobile ones. Yes. But you've also got um, issues like cranes. Yep. Um, pallet jacks. Yes. People. 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 Mm. Product itself. It's <laughs> really underlying it. People. People. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the product itself can also sometimes be quite hazardous. Yes. Absolutely. Because depending on what you're doing, like if you're um, one of the cleaning manufacturers where you're actually making cleaning product, you're dealing with things like bleach, ammonium, Mm. stuff like that. Um, My ag Mm. products that we were dealing with in in a couple of the positions I've been in, they're often quite hazardous. They Quite a few of them fall under certain types of dangerous goods because even though they're consumable Mm -hmm. and they're not going to do any damage to certain types of um, animals because there are some foods that other animals can't eat but... Like like cows can't shouldn't really be eating the same food as chickens. It's, It's like, I mean, think about it when someone's even even someone manufacturing like a packaging itself yeah that's plastic which means that there's going to be some form of chemical in the process even manufacturing cardboard packaging is going to have some form of chemical base in the process so they all come into those things can you imagine having a pallet of flat boxes land on your head uh, I don't really want to, but I can if you'd like me to for this moment. For this moment. <laughs> yes, I can. Yes, done. So the product itself in that case becomes a very painful object. Yes. So I think every sort of warehouse you go into, everything becomes a little bit of a hazard mm-hmm. if you're not doing what you should do properly. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Going off the chemical side of things, so if you're dealing with bulk chemicals coming in on containers, yeah, um, and if the lids aren't on properly, uh, leaking, or if it's the wrong type of container, yes, is, I mean we've had that, yeah, we've we've had that before where the containers are wrong or stored incorrectly. It's amazing the chemical reaction to things when they're not stored correctly. Yeah, we have um, so the IBCs in previous places have very clearly been labelled with do not store in direct sunlight, mm-hmm. and then someone stacked them up against the side of the building outside. Yeah. And you're like, can you read, buddy? Can you can you move those? Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't know if it's just going to lose potency 
mm. or if it's going to be a far more devastating effect. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to go to work and get blown up. No. Because someone stored something incorrectly. Yeah. That terrifies me just a little bit. Yeah. And you can like you can have things in place like um, sort of a, a, a live document with what you get, you know, all the time and then some things that you don't get all the time and blah, 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 and classify them and have them so that they stack. Well, I do, I, I do, I do know for my, from my own experience that um, companies that deal with dangerous goods under the fire regulations mm. must have a live document, mm-hmm. not just on site and grabbable, but digitally stored and actually regularly maintained and i believe that a copy must be available to the fire department at any time Mm. and 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 your dg storage itself on site with chemicals and things like that you have to segregate depending on type Mm -hmm. so they all have to be segregated clearly marked where they are there has to be a map provided to the fire department of where those things are in the warehouse so that if something happens they have to be able to come in and be like okay don't use water in that section but it's safe in that section so I know that that's all because that's a that's a process that we had to do when we were moving warehouses is setting all of that back up again and figuring out how we were going to store all of that stuff, make sure that it was stored safely. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up with special containers dropped outside, so they were lockable containers that had special placards on the outside that sort of had them. And a lot of things that people don't realize is that DG eight, which is your corrosive DGs, mm-hmm. can't all be stored together. Yes. Because there's two different types. Yes. That's and a biggie. That's a big misconception, isn't it? Yeah. For a lot of people. I think everyone just goes, I am class A. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. But you yeah. have acidic and alkaline, and if you put them together, mm. oh, buddy, we're going to be meeting the gods. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I thought you were going to clap. <laughs> DG, I think it's DG5 yeah. and DG8 together as well. That's also like, hi, I would like to meet my maker now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's that whole chain of responsibility again. A very big part of not just transport, but warehouse. Yeah. Because if you're, uh, if you understand what you're dealing with on a day to day basis and what you're receiving and what's quite common and then if you see something that's not so common and you sort of think, oh, that's a bit iffy or that doesn't look right or it's leaking off a truck. Oh, you know? yeah, we've turned trucks away. Yeah. From, from different sites that I've worked at, we have had to turn trucks away. Um, but you have to be careful with that side of things too because when the driver arrives in your yard, you have a care of responsibility on the load. So if it comes in and it's not um, safe, Mm. to continue traveling, you don't have to accept the load, but you also technically have to be careful about how you reject the driver or if you allow him to leave site. Yeah. Because you then fall into, you knew it wasn't safe to get back on the road. Why did you let it go? Mm. So you have to be very careful about things with the chain of responsibility and where you fall on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, um, especially depending on what it is, something like paraquat, your favourite. My favourite. <laughs> There's no trauma there at all. <laughs> I've immediately gone back into... Anyway, we won't... It doesn't matter. Blast from the past. Uh, I've just gone backwards <laughs> in my brain for a little minute. Um, yeah, where things uh, like uh, staff, you know, might be dealing with paraquat for the first time, but they refuse to wear PPE. Yeah, it might be their first or second shift and they've been told, you know, this is what you need to do. There's signage everywhere. Um, You've been told your role. You've been shown. You've got a buddy. And, no, I'm all right. I don't need to use – I don't need to wear it. And for whatever reason, being told what happens if you touch paracord or it gets in your mouth or however it gets in or on you – doesn't seem to sort of sink in with some people. So I think, you know, in that sense, it, people have been walked off site if they refuse to wear PPE. Yep. The correct, I mean, if they're wearing half of it, you know, they might have like coveralls on, but they don't want to wear gloves and they don't want to wear safety glasses and they don't want to wear 
you know, mask and, um, you know, the, all the other things that go with it. That's too much of a risk. It's way too much. Like, that's something that you can't mess with at all. And I don't know how you convince someone otherwise if they're refusing to do the bare minimum, which yeah. is wear your PPE when dealing with this particular chemical um, and so on and so forth. But it, it was staggering how many people really didn't, oh, no, I'll be all right. I don't really know what that statement means. <laughs> then I'll be all right uh, if... Paracord. Did you ever ask if any of them were Superman? <laughs> it's the only thing you can think is that they think that they're as invincible as Superman. Like it's, it's just something that's going to affect you that you yeah. don't actually have a say in that because it is a chemical. It's going to do what it's been designed to do and that is harmful to you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't think to ask. That's so good. <laughs> Damn, I should oh, I should have taken that on. Yeah, I'll just remember that for later. Um, yeah, I should have brought superheroes. They're big at the moment into it. Um, but, yeah, that that's a big one um, that's scary on the safety side, but also any warehousing that's dealing with um, whether you're, deal, you know, making uh, pharmaceuticals as well. Um, hey, we had um, common item that is used in road construction being stored and um so it was coming in in big containers it was being stored in our warehouse and then Mm -hmm. we were loading it a bulk of bag by bulk of bag into the tanker to take out to Mm -hmm. the construction site where they were laying the new roads out yeah um and we we did actually have an incident on site where someone refused to wear their ppe but unfortunately the manager so a little bit of a background the supervisor at Tell the time had said, wait here, I'll be back in a couple of minutes once we've got your um, goggles all fit tested and everything and your suit on and all that. Yeah. We'll start the process yeah. and we'll go through it. Yeah. Um, but just hang on because I need to, like, use the loo, mm-hmm. right? Valid reason, just cool your jets, stay here. I need to go hit the head. I'll be back in a moment. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't wait. Mm. Um, and then there was an, there was an incident I mean, I wasn't there to see it, but there was ambulances called and it was pretty nasty. Yeah. Um, lasting consequences. It is, it's going to affect this, this person for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Um, has affected their vision, I believe, because mm-hmm. it's got into their face and into their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, the particular component has left lacerations on their eyes. Mm-hmm. So not, nothing great uh, mm-hmm. but that's why why the ppe is there i mean he was already run through he'd already been run through why we wear the ppe he'd been run yep. through the safety data sheet so he understood why we had to be so careful handling it yep and also why we had provided all of the ppe why nobody was allowed to work with the product alone yep like it, it had to be a buddy system product um but yeah he decided to go ahead and do it anyway mm-hmm. and then yeah and and that's i think the key point a lot of the time people you know you go back to root cause of um incidents that have unfortunately happened and you know a lot of boxes have been ticked you know they've been inducted they've been shown how to do the, the job what to wear you know um the after sort of care if, if you want with you know washing your hands or having a shower or getting rid of all your gear before yeah. you enter your lunchroom um going home what you do after you know like and i mean this was a warehouse that was used to dealing with a lot of stinky clingy product like it was stuff that we had in the like that particular product was not something that was in the air all the time but we had other product that was almost constantly in the air because of you know, how we had to handle it because of the type of product it was and how fine it was like you walked past the bag and cloud came out yeah yeah but yeah it we had showers on site for that specific reason, but to just everyone was wearing goggles when they were working with these products. Everyone mm-hmm. was wearing coverall suits and and double lined gloves and like even booties. Like yeah. they had little booties that went on over their own work boots, and then yeah. they put their coveralls on so that everything was sealed. Yeah. They put their gloves on and then the coveralls over the top of that so that that was sealed, and then the goggles and the mm-hmm. you know if you can see everyone in your leadership team doing these things then there's a reason for it and it's not just because they're screwing with your head no because it's it's not that's they're trying to keep 
ensuring that you maintain a quality of life even after dealing with a product that could very quickly end it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that side of it being like contamination of an area, so uh, working in an outside area, but dealing with decanting of chemicals or washing down uh, trucks, you know, or anything um, where you're dealing with something that is a residue it's not the complete chemical. It's not multitudes or masses amounts of um, any particular chemical, but you are dealing with residue of whatever it is. That whole area that you're working in, don't touch it if you're an outsider. Like even the tap that turns on the pressure hose has yeah. been turned on with By gloves. someone who's got, yeah, who's got stuff on the gloves yeah. hands while they're doing that because yeah. that's their work area. That's their work area. So going in there... Uh, to audit it or to um, observe or to, to try and, you know, uh, figure out a better way to do a particular activity within that role, don't touch anything. And I think people are so quick to want to touch. Oh, we, we need to, you know, it's a very tactile <laughs> yeah. thing to do um, with touching mm-hmm. things. And I know I've even gone to touch and someone's gone, no, and grab my hand because it was a broom and it's not meant to be in that area. But that broom had been touched by someone that had touched chemicals with gloves on, because I didn't have gloves on. But it, it was just one yeah. of those things. It's not meant to be there. I'll move it. Oh, yeah. At you least know. they came in and they were like, it's it's already been touched. It's contaminated. Yes. Just, now it lives here. Yes. It's out Yeah, here. that is been sort That's of sort of like when your younger brother or your older brother goes, you don't want that ice cream hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I got the mama. Don't touch the don't, don't touch the broom. Um, but yeah, you just want to. You know, you're thinking about things all the time. Where things should have their right place. Buy this. You know, everything has its particular. You know, hang up on the board or um, where things should yeah. be. But contamination is huge in warehouses. Oh yeah. Careful's maybe it doesn't even do, do it justice in warehousing to be careful. You have to be careful. You have to be vigilant and diligent about what it is that you're doing at that exact moment. Even walking a pedestrian walkway through so, the racks, it, you can hear them beeping when they're running, but you're still sort of like, is he in this aisle or that aisle? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Or going through automated doors as a pedestrian. Um, yeah, I got into the habit of sounding like the roadrunner. Just meet me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I press the imaginary horn, even if no one can see me. Meet me. Yeah. But that that's huge, you know, um, pedestrian safety in a warehouse with a lot of moving machinery. Um, and you can get complacent. People go, oh, I just I need to quickly get back to work. I'll, I'll take a shortcut. I won't. I'll just deviate from the path a little bit. I'll just go through racking you know or i'll go through a place that really is a lot of forklifts are moving look i'll i'll be entirely honest i have definitely been one of those people who has mm-hmm. walked through the racking i've never really done it because it's the easier way because it's often not they've they've often dropped shit yeah. in, in there while they're while they're picking picking orders and stuff they've pulled a pallet down and they've yes. dropped it on the ground and then they've moved on to the next section and i'll come back and grab it later yeah that's a hazard in and of itself but mm-hmm. I would I would have to go and check stock or I would have to um, like count how much of a product is left or see sometimes I would have it where it's like the picker has come back to me and said it's not in this area. Mm-hmm. So you have to go and check all of the previous locations it may have been stored in. Yeah. Um, or you've got to do an audit with the customer, just a stock count, and you go out and you start counting the stock yourself. So it, it's not even a case of oh, I'm there just because it's a quick walk. But no, no, you no. have to be there for a legitimate yes. reason. Yeah. It's still just as dangerous as if you were nipping through on a quick walk. Absolutely. It's not an area where you're technically supposed to be as a pedestrian, but also you can't avoid it in certain circumstances. No, def- definitely not for, for those particular uh, reasons. And probably another thing that maybe people don't think about that uh, have always been in an office or mm, what's another environment that uh, equivalent to an office, like somewhere that's so removed from warehousing um, that they don't that think they about probably it. don't think about it is... Um, Depending on what it is you're doing in that warehouse, uh, your boots, you might not be able to walk between, uh, I guess, um, different areas of the work warehouse. 
Well, yeah, like one of the one of the um, yards I used to work in, we had a dispatch and lunchroom at the other end of the warehouse. Yep. That was for like dispatch was obviously for dispatch, but then the, the lunchroom was for the drivers and the forklift yep. workers and things because you know, yep. stinky boys be stinky, and the office <laughs> didn't want stinky. So <laughs> there were two lunchrooms. There was one for the drivers and the forklift workers, and then there was like one for the office staff and and like a little lunchroom kitchenette thing for any guests that yep. came in to visit the sales team or whatever. Um, I would often have to make the walk because I would need the paperwork from the dispatch to do all of the um, yep. warehouse reconciliation and yep. checking product out and all that sort of stuff. So I would have to make that walk. Now, I was allowed to do that walk at that particular job mm. in closed-in shoes. They did not have to be warehouse. Like, they did not have to be steel cap. Yeah, they just had to be closed in shoes mm-hmm. but i was only allowed to do that because i was not on heavy machinery and i stuck to pathways and things yeah so if there was like a forklift i had to keep a distance until it came to a stop mm-hmm. but if i was in a position like i am now where it's just blanket company policy work boots then i would do like i do now and i wear my steel cap boots yeah but in that particular role, if you weren't on a forklift or part of the warehouse or driving team, perfectly fine mm-hmm. as long as they were closed in shoes. Yeah. I do think that there were a couple of people who wore like um, sort of like little slip-on sandals. Oh, yeah. Things like yeah. that. As mm. long as they didn't step out the back door and into the warehouse area, they were okay. It was only yeah. if they attempted to go out the back that it then became a breach. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't want, if you're dealing with, uh, food grade items in a certain area, but you need to get from behind that area at a different work area through somewhere that's doing food grade items and you've got chemicals or residues or dirt or whatever it is on the bottom of their boots, sawdust, you name it. It could yeah. it could be a spill as well. Um, if you've ever attended a cleanup for a spill and you've got you know whatever it is so just whatever you know think about your bottom of your shoes and where you've walked that day you know well that's kind of you don't want that going through uh, a clean warehouse and that particular sense of the word um, of clean um, no contaminants nothing to get in there so um, managing that you know because you once your shoes are on you don't tend to think about it whatever shoes you're wearing they're on for the day away you go um, so it is a conscious effort every day to go, oh, where am I walking? Do I need to change my shoes? Do I need to wash my shoes? Is there like uh, disinfectant that you step in and then you're right to go through? Like there's lots of things involved just with boots Keeping and clean shoes. warehouses clean. Yeah, basically. Yeah, to make it that it doesn't contaminate anything or yourself, yep. um, basically. And I think there's a, a people don't really think about that sort of thing because, I mean, I suppose they might think about it more on a manufacturer's side of thing. Like you don't want sure. your food being manufactured in a dirty environment. You don't want your cosmetics being manufactured in a dirty environment. Yep. But I think in regards to the storage of it, they forget that that's a part of that process. I think mm. they, a lot of people sort of think that it goes from the manufacturer to the shop to my table and forget that there, there is a entire supply chain in between. Yeah. Because the manufacturer makes it, but then someone has to pick it up and move it, but then someone may not be ready for that stock to come in, so it needs to be stored in the meantime, mm-hmm. and then from the storage point, it then goes into distribution. Distribution centers quite often have massive storage areas as yep. well, so it might sit there for a little while, yep. and then it'll come out, and that's why there's all these rumors around Easter where it's like those first few chocolates that appeared just after Christmas <laughs> are actually last year's chocolates. Probably. Probably. Yes. Probably. That is from the back. The back. (laughs) They've gone back to the distribution centre and waited until they've been stored. In the right, correct. In the correct way, you know. But they are last year's chocolates. Yeah. I mean, that's what you just got to look at the expiry date on the label. If the expiry date is okay, you're fine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, chocolate's chocolate. (laughs) So apparently it's going up in price to take what you can get when it's on sale. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 um but yeah no you're right there's uh, lots going on and it's right down to finite details like boots and um audits and external audits you know that are checking what what's happening in the warehouse whether it be a cold room temperature check of their goods being stored in the correct temperature 
um, where they are being stored, what, what they're next to, and how they're being dispatched. If they're being, if yeah. not just if they're being stored correctly, but also like if they where they're supposed to be at the time. Like uh, I remember dealing with a particular pharmaceutical grade product that was on the controlled list, yeah. which means that it's um, you have to be able to account for every gram. Yeah. Um, yeah. They you they have to be able to walk into your warehouse at any time, day or night, and be like. I need to know where this is and how much of it you have in stock and where it's gone in the last six months. And you need to be able to provide that information at the drop of a hat. Yep. And if it's not where they where you say it is mm-hmm. and you can't tell them where it's gone, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just a little bit bad. It's a lot bad. It's a lot bad. And yes. I mean, this wasn't even product for human consumption. Yeah. So mm. it, it was, yeah, they're very serious about that sort of stuff. Yeah. But that that's all part of your warehouse procedures and making sure that your stuff is stored properly. Yeah. And stored properly doesn't necessarily just mean I know where it is. It means that it's stored safe for the product and safe for the humans working around it. Yeah. Um, cleanliness of the warehouse is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not cluttering it up with crap. Oh. The amount of warehouses that I've seen where where there's just yeah. like stacks stacks and stacks and stacks of old um stuff that's broken and it's just been dumped down the back of the of the workyard um mm. stacks and stacks of dilapidated pallets. Yep. I don't know why anyone holds on to those. They just become a breeding ground for um snakes? rats which draws in snakes which becomes See, a very problem. To snakes straight, <laughs> away. straight there. Snakes. <laughs> um, clearly that's their problem here <laughs> it's a, a little fear of mine um okay. rats too actually that's not a good thing either well, but the snakes are drawn in by the mice and the rats so you know you're you're sort of jumping the one that you don't like right <laughs> to the one you really don't like lions and tigers and bears oh my <laughs> um mm, there there's a lot it's Full on and yes. warehousing. It, and it doesn't matter what you're warehousing, it's always going to be multifaceted. Absolutely. Yeah. The the, the warehouse itself, the shell of, of what a warehouse is, is going to have, you know, storage problems. There's going to be space problems. It doesn't actually matter how big you are. You could be the biggest warehouse. Are you still going to have And you're still going to have space, space issues um, and blind spots and uh, traffic management issues around the height of stock being stored in the warehouse as well. Or the length. The, the length as well, yeah. Um, and if there's certain times of the year where you get more stock, uh, like Easter or Christmas or... Um... Oh, my God, Christmas. We did we did one year at a company I was working with and <laughs> we were dealing with a company. Straight. Just straight to the stress. <laughs> oh, my God. We did, we, we did work for a company that was doing, like, the big toy sales like they oh gosh we, we didn't we it was months <laughs> away it was like months away and they were already bringing in containers and containers of toys yep and they were just like uh we've run out of space can we, can you unload them and store them like yeah sure that's what we do yeah um so yeah we just had toys and toys and toys and toys i i've lost track of how many t- kids bikes and toy tractors and things that we unpacked and stored yeah but it was a logistical nightmare because they're preparing for the big sales sure which is fine yep but i think we did something like 43 containers in a month and there's only so many (laughs) that you can drop on a deck and these weren't pallet unloads they were crammed so full of toys that it was hand unload every single one yeah and then you had to check and each container had something like 10 different types of toys in it yeah so you had to go through and manually check every box coming out before it got stacked onto a pallet Mm -hmm. that it was the right thing then you had to wrap it all together and then we had to find somewhere to put it toys aren't that easy to store no because they are all sorts of different shapes and sizes and they don't fit into a conventional rack no no. And you can't double stack them because then you're crushing some kid's toy for Christmas. Yeah, not ideal. No. Because <laughs> no, nothing's just like, well, it's going to be a square. Every time it's a square, 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 square. But and not it just, can just sit nicely. It's but really not just random that. The stores, shapes. The stores don't like crushed boxes either because for some reason people have this weird thing about not buying the box that has a dingy little corner. But it's not possible to have everything come out when they're in cardboard boxes no, without a dingy little corner. No, it's not, unfortunately. Uh, the amount of stock that gets shunted around, taken off racking. Shoved into containers to the point where you're not sure you can open the door without something falling on you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a... <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's the thing. Like, it, it's going to have the same overarching issues no matter where warehouse you are um, of storage and how to store things. Uh, I remember... And having that much stock come in at once. That's full on. Yeah. That's because so then many it's containers. Like, not only do I not know where to put it and how to store it, but I have so much of it to deal with <laughs> that you just sort of go into, like, freeze mode. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't even think this through right now. I need to just walk away. It's sort of almost autopilot because you just sort of, there's so much coming. Yep. And you don't know sort of how you're going to manage it. But you do. You end up doing it. It it it's always a team effort because you've got the guys that are actually unloading it. You've got the guys that are, that are, checking it off you've got the guys that are like wrapping it onto the pallets and putting it off aside on the floor mm-hmm. and then you've got the one who's walking through the warehouse going okay well if we consolidate this and we put that over there and we move that to there and he's actually marking down what he's going to move and moving it yep now we've got all of this space that can put all of these pallets in and yeah the bigger ones are just going to have to sit on the floor but the ones that are going to fit here are going to come into here so it, it always ends up being a team effort you always end up getting there but at the time you're like deer headlights ah yeah I just remember the name of that machinery. What is it? Bulk mover. Oh. Yeah. So it wasn't that. <laughs> it was a... Good God. That uh, took me how uh, long we 48 in? minutes. 48 minutes to remember the name. Bulk mover. Um... <laughs> it's got to be better than the uh, new ones that they've got over at the port. But I think that falls more into the transport. Category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um but yeah, there's. I mean, looking even at um, a retail warehouse that's attached to, we won't say names, but say furniture places, places that you get uh, by entertainment uh, from, uh, such as TVs and oh yeah, like uh, your you home know, goods stores, home and things goods like that. and stuff like that. They've got a mini, and I mean, I say stock mini, rooms. mini stock rooms that have a little bit of everything. To, to be able to not just have display everywhere out there. Um, yeah, because that would be frustrating as a consumer to go in and be like, I would like that couch, please. And they're like, sure, you can have it in six weeks. Yeah. And so that, again, brings in trucks and shipping and logistics and um, freight, rail, all that stuff, depending on where the hell it's coming from. But um, in saying that probably at a previous role, uh, TVs are a big one that people would buy a lot of TVs. Um, they'd come around in a Mini Cooper around to the warehouse to pick it up. So How big was the TV? 55, 70-inch. How big's the Mini Cooper? Is this one of the originals or one of the new ones? Uh, the newish ones, but, I mean, <laughs> come on, people. Um, <laughs> I Look... Sometimes you know. I ent- sometimes I entertain myself as 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 a transport and logistics worker. <laughs> Having grown up around <laughs> trucks, I do occasionally entertain myself by going to Bunnings on a Saturday morning, buying myself a coffee from the in store <laughs> cafe. I know where you're going with this, <laughs> and sitting out the trade door exit and just, just to see. watching people load up. I have seen people load up a box. Like one of the box trailers, yeah, with a pile of sand and put in like you have to have something on top, right? So they put a net on top, and I'm like, "What's that going to do?" And then they like come back an hour later, and they're like, "All my sand is gone." And it's like, "Yeah, you think a net? You didn't line the box trailer, so it's falling out of all the little gaps as you're driving oh away. God. You put a net over the top, so it's flying out as well. <laughs> so like people are getting it, on but their they don't fields. want to hear. Look, the, the guys at Bunnings are saying, "Mate, you you need a tarp." Yeah. For the bottom and a tarp for the top. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to hear it. I've spent enough money here today. And it's like, you're not going to have anything that they come in. They're not no. going to refund you for what you couldn't take home. No. Because you didn't want to listen to the staff that are telling you how to do this. And, you know, you've got warehouse guys, um, storemen, uh, whatever sort of uh, particular title you, you, you used you to. You have um, in that particular job. You know, yep. storemen um, that definitely know. Stocking specialists. If something's going to fit. And I say car because car is used a lot. You'd think youths would come no. to pick said no, no. items up. I don't think people think about it when they buy something like that. They're just excited to get the TV. Yeah. So we've had um, convertibles. Um, it happened a lot more than you'd think. And a lot of the time it was said, nah, mate, I'll be right. I'll drive with one hand and I'll hold 70-inch. 75-inch, 80-inch TV in the back of the convertible. I'm just going a short way. And the I'm short just, way... I'm just wondering if they obviously had an automatic because you can't gear shift. If no. you're the TV. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Hang on. 
It reminds me of like when you see the dash cam compilation. So there's like the police pulling over that ute that like there's a guy holding the fridge into the back. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than yeah. strapping the fridge in, he's just no, mate, I'll hold it. No, it's fine. Oh, mate, I'll it. hold it. It's all good. I've got a short distance, and the short distance, no joke, was 30 minutes away. <laughs> Every time someone was like, no, it's a short distance, 30-minute drive at least, and getting on the highway. Oh. Not not suburby. it's highway. <laughs> it gets so cranky when you tell them that that's not, like, no, sir, I cannot legally allow you to leave doing that. Like, that's not... That's not my decision. That's the law. <laughs> and literally everyone else's safety. Literally. I don't want a 70-inch plus TV coming at me on the highway from a convertible. I just don't. I bet you the convertible driver doesn't want you to have it coming at me. <laughs> he wants the TV. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a story um, that I have seen yeah i think we'll, i think we'll have to get into a few more of these stories in a later episode but we've uh we've officially crossed the 53 minute mark so yes and we definitely diverted off our original topic but that's par for the course with us unfortunately it is what it at is. least it's all tied in it's still within the broad theme yes uh definitely definitely but uh <laughs> we will leave it here and on our next episode we are going to talk more about transport logistics yes. and safety this is where so you shine bright like a da- diamond i tried to say diamond to come out with like, i've seen i've seen some pretty cool uh D D dice yeah, okay. that, are, that, that shine so cool. i'm i'm cool with being some of those right <laughs> Not sure what happened to my mouth. But anyway, shine bright like a diamond in logistics and transport. So I will share some terrifying stories from And I will be a keen listener. Tell me tell me all the stories. Tell me. In our next episode. So we will see you all then. Bye. Bye for now.